X-Ray. Welcome to the Beervana Podcast. We join you nearly live from the studios of X-Ray FM here in the Falcon Art Building in beautiful North Portland. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Patrick. How are you today? I'm dry, you which have... is more than I could have said when I left in the hail on my bike. I uh, think you give yourself far too much credit for getting on your bike in a, like, what, a little bit of weather? It was actual hail, man. Come on. For Oregon, that's a big You're deal. You're getting soft because I remember back in the day in Wisconsin when it was... 10 degrees and the snow was covered the streets and you get out there on your stupid little bike. I rode my bike not all, even winter, like a, not all even, winter. Yeah, not even like a mountain bike, but just a regular old road bike riding over that snow and ice. I assumed every day when you left that you would not be coming home. That was 25 years ago, just to be clear. <laughs> I was a younger man. That's man. what I mean. You're soft now. You're old. Yeah, I am soft. You're like whining on Twitter about how you got to ride your bike through. Oh, you saw that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mention how I whined to you and, and begged you to give me a ride, which you did not do. So. I did. I know. I totally blew you off. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> I manned up that's, and I did it. That's how we roll these days. Yeah. Yeah. We meet here in the studio, pretend we like each other, and then- That's right. Other than that, you're dead to me. It, it's like a band here. We we do our witty repartee, and then we don't talk at all. Uh, you, by the way, are Jeff Allworth. I am. You have written books. I have. And, uh, among those books are The Beer Bible, The Widmer Way, and Secrets of Master Brewers. You never write Secrets of the Master Brewers down here. You're right. I should write that more but often. But I right? always mention it because I like that one. I like it too. And I think among the people that I really admire in the industry, it is my most acclaimed. It's the thing I've heard back most from brewers and people who like beer. So Yeah. Yeah, read that. Uh, and it also, uh, for those interested in brewing and brewing techniques, you learn secrets of master brewers, which you might, you might get tipped off by the title, but that's true. <laughs> the secrets of all the world's great master brewers there in one book. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you're Jeff, this is the beer on a podcast and you are Patrick Emerson, a professor of economics at Oregon state university. Indeed. Uh, and uh, economic researcher as well, which uh, is going to be relevant for a future podcast, but we'll save that. Oh, good tease. Yeah. You like that? That's right. Tune in next time. Tune in next time for, <laughs> for, uh, for, 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 for a healthy dose of economics. That's oh, right. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a tease or if that's a scare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm back at Oregon State teaching again, uh, hoping along with my kids for a snow day. Mm. It's, it's getting a little cold. There's some... There's some talk of maybe some snow. It doesn't sound like it's going to happen, which the, to the, the great yeah, sorry, disappointment, this great disappointment of the kids. But I'm kind of, I'm, I'm equally uh, uh, excited about snow days. I, mean, I don't have to drive my 81 miles to Corvallis. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's, this is <laughs> this is one of Oregon's like funnest times of the year when we- Will we, it or won't it? Yeah, we, it or won't it? <laughs> we watch the weather and, <laughs> and everybody's so panicked that sometimes the snow doesn't actually even have to happen for it to be a snow day. Exactly. There's like preemptive snow yeah, days. Yeah, the threat of snow is even enough. <laughs> uh, Oregon, it's beautiful. Uh, across from us is producer Chase Spross. <clears throat> oh boy, here goes my throat. Hi, Chase. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you'll have to excuse me. I have still a little bit of a frog in my throat from my uh, illness that laid me low over the holiday festive season, Yeah, which I think we talked about. And it's hanging time. on cause you're an old and, man with no immune system. It is hanging on. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah. You should get out there on your bike like me. <laughs> That'll do it. An Iron Man like me. Uh, you know what I was out on today? I was out on the little, um, uh, uh, this little one wheel thing that my kids got for, uh, a unicycle? Uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of like a unicycle skateboardy thing with a, with a battery. 
Oh, with the, with the, the, uh, the big wheel in the center. Yeah. But it's one that you straddle like a skateboard. Yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah. Rather than like put, put your feet on either side. They have those little wheels too. Yeah. Those Uh, things go pretty fast. That thing's darn fun. It turns out though, if you do it in the, in the, in the the wet, uh, you get spray because the wheel comes through the Uh, platform. uh Uh-huh. I guess you can get like a fender for it, but it, the spray comes up and it got me all the way up my pant leg, all the way into my nether regions. Oh. Uh, and then I realized this was a mistake. Yeah. But it was fun. All right. Before we get started, we'd like why to- Why is that? Why is the inside of that elderly man's pant all wet? That's what, <laughs> that's what people will be asking. It's dry now. I decided not to change my pants. <laughs> Perfect. Because, yeah. It's, anyway. Uh, before we get started, we'd like to thank Freem Family Brewers for sponsoring this episode of the Veerbonic Podcast. You can find them in Hood River, Oregon and at freembeer.com. That's P-F-R-I-E-M-B-E-E-R.com. I'm sure they d- were delighted to follow that lead-in. That was, that was one of our fi- finest lead-ins. <laughs> when you find yourself with a soaking wet pant leg, there's nothing more refreshing than a beautiful Freem beer. <laughs> it's actually true. To brighten your day and take your worries away. <laughs> Sorry. You've got a future in uh, ad copy, my friend. <laughs> Uh, you know what? We also have to tell you about this special thing coming up. Yeah, this is this cool. This is podcast number 98. 98. That means that two more podcasts will be podcast number 100. Yep. And you can't do anything that's uh, marked by 100 without some kind of special occasion. So that, we're, we're, right. we're going to turn this into a special podcast. Uh, it is going to air live, our first ever live podcast experience. Which is kind of weird for a podcast, but it's going to go live on the radio. Yeah, but it's live on the radio. That's the thing. This is a podcast and it's a radio show. Yeah. So we're going to be live. Double duty. On January 30th. It'll be our 100th episode. We're going to do a live show at 7 p.m. right here on X-Ray FM. We'll be broadcasting from Ecliptic Brewing and talking to legendary brewer John Harris. Yeah. Founder of Ecliptic. Yeah. Uh, Hall, Hall of Fame inductee. Yeah, we have a we have a guest here who I'm looking at. Uh, we haven't in, we haven't introduced yet, but uh, he knows something about that. We'll come maybe we'll come back around. and You can talk about uh, Hall of Fame inductee because you know something about that. I'm working on one right now. <laughs> ah, very cool. All right, <laughs> all right. So uh, before we move on to Ezra, let's talk about when and where. It's 7 p.m. Thursday, January 30th on 91.1 or 107.1 on your FM dial. That's X-ray FM. Absolutely. And then you'll be able to find it on your regular podcast sites soon thereafter. That's right. And it will have, if you miss it live, it'll still have the, uh, the live experience. It will feel very fresh and uh, timely. Yeah. It isn't going to, it isn't going to be a live event, quote unquote, at the, at the brewery. But if you want to stop by and have a beer and watch us do our thing in the corner, wherever we're going to be. That's right. Chase (laughs) has already scouted it. So he knows where it is. We don't know, but that's all right. All right. Well, we've already teased our special guest, so why don't we introduce our special guest? Yep. Uh, today, uh, we have a special guest in the studio to discuss a recent article he wrote about uh, all the new brewing projects happening in the state. It's kind of nice. We're going to get positive again after talking about all the interesting churn that's going on in brewing. Yeah. We've been talking about so much about closing breweries here in Oregon. I thought it would be, let's start off the new year talking about something happy. So. Yeah. So uh, he is Ezra Johnson uh, Greeno. Greeno, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. The no. founder and contributor of the industry website, The New School. Uh, so welcome, Ezra. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're going to talk to you a little bit about your website, your role in industry. We'll turn to some interesting projects uh, around the state. Uh, Ezra knows all the stuff. This yeah. is his, this is his great... Uh, uh, My niche? <laughs> his, yeah, his great niche. Is, he's, he knows everything. So well, I used to try to break news, but then I gave up because Ezra always... Always knows everything. 
you week descri- before I do. You described him in, in the script as the most well-connected voice covering beer in Oregon. Oh, not bad. like that. All right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, These are not hard-hitting interviews, so <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> uh, what are your bona fides, Ezra? Yeah, so talk. Uh, you know, you do more than just uh, write a website. Mm-hmm. You do things like work with the Oregon uh, Beer Awards, which mm-hmm. uh, we kind of teased and alluded to with the John Harris thing. So, uh, yeah, what? Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, oh, my where to start? Um, I guess I, I went to school to be um, artist illustrator, um, but then didn't really um, pursue that. Um, and then got got into beer as just as first just like an amateur beer fan, but then um, some people in the industry started seeing some of my art. So I've been able to do art uh, il- labels and logos and posters for breweries, um, and I just kind of like do that occasionally. It's not something I even like promote, or I don't even have a website or anything for that. Um, but then I've also founded a lot of events um, that I like to do, and I have worked. I had a number of breweries doing um, some of their marketing and um, branding and uh, events. Um, a lot of people know me for my work with uh, Upright Brewing or Breakside, but um, some people don't know I, I, I've been totally self-employed, not working for any brewery for, uh, I think, about three years now. Hmm. That is true. I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I still partner with breweries on special, on certain um things and you know labels and one-offs but i don't have it i'm not i'm not employed by any brewery gotcha and then of course yeah the the website the new school which we just uh well let's see the january 1st would have been our 10-year anniversary there you go so we're just uh basically 10 years now and then i've also i also regularly contribute to um thrillist as uh, the west coast and mountain region uh correspondent and then occasionally will week and other publications mm-hmm well, congratulations on 10 years. That's a pretty big milestone. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember when I first met you, you were one of the young guys, you know. It's like, oh, here's one of these young guys that seems very young to me. And here yeah. it is a decade later, and maybe you don't think like you're a young guy anymore. I, I'm kind of grappling with that right now, or I'm <laughs> just starting to like realize that I'm not, yeah, where you like talk to some some beer geeks right now, and they're just like, I mean, I saw a thread recently where somebody told me that um, Nikasi was one of the first craft breweries in Oregon, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that just hit me. Like, it's, I was like, are you kidding me right now? Nikasi just feels like a teenager, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they are too. Yeah. Well, we'll turn to the uh, the new breweries in, in Oregon in a minute, but we have to do our little uh, news segment. So before we do that, first, let's turn to the news. Over the past two years, hard seltzer has emerged as a major force in the drinks industry. Two big beer companies have taken notice and are preparing to roll out versions under flagship names. AB InBev released Bud Light Seltzer on Monday. No Bud Light in it. (laughs) That's Uh, right. (laughs) (laughs) And Constellation Brands will release uh, Corona Seltzer this spring. So there you go. Uh, A lot of seltzer happening. And uh, it's got the the industry pretty panicked. I mean, I think uh, we're going to throw this... Eh. I'm going to keep this, throw this open if, if Ezra wants to say anything about it. But I mean, I, it, it affects even craft breweries. So, you know, you see certain craft breweries getting into the space or considering it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you and I share the same 
uh, cynical attitude that it'll be gone in another year or two. But who knows? Mm. Maybe not. I, I just saw a market report that said they expect it to increase um, over 300% in the next couple of years. So yeah. I don't know. I would like to see it gone, but I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess the difference between the alcohol pops is that it has a real sort of health the kind of vibe, right? So low, low calorie, low, uh, low alcohol. Well, not low alcohol, but I mean, uh, yeah. low carbs. Yeah, Excuse right. Me. Low carbs. Um, and kind of low alcohol. Like, isn't it, is, aren't they usually four, four percent? Actually, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> a lot of them are. Most of them are in the five to six, from what I've seen. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's what I. I think I, I picked one up, and it was like five point one percent or something like that. Mm. Uh, but I've never actually even tasted one. Uh, I have not either. Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed future, to admit. Future, future pot, I guess, coming there. Guess so. <laughs> we did the alcohol pops a while ago, so yeah. might as well do that one. Uh, it, uh, this is kind of a little bit off topic, but similarly, I've been seeing more and more craft. And this is, we've talked a little bit about this, but uh, I think along with the seltzers, craft beer is really pushing into the light beer uh, segment, um, which actually is something we might talk about later with Ezra because he brought an, uh, mm-hmm. a version of that. Yeah. Okay, next news item. Uh, okay. Item two, the biggest casualty of seltzer and uh, other flavored malt beverages has been domestic producers of mass market lagers. And last week, uh, Molson Coors announced that by September, it would shut down its Irwindale, California plant. Uh, Irwindale, I looked this up, is east of Pasadena. Of course. For those who don't know California (laughs) geography super well. Um, In 2019, the 40-year-old facility produced 4.8 million barrels of beer. And uh, in 2016, Molson Coors, and it was then called Miller Coors, closed uh, a North Carolina plant. Um, the production from the Irwindale plant will be moved to Colorado and Texas. And the reason I highlighted this is just that, you know, we're seeing the continued erosion of production in the mass market space as craft imports and seltzer flavored malt beverages come along. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, because it's not just a decision about whether to close the big, I mean, let me rephrase. So there's, there's the sort of economies of scale in, uh, uh, aspect, but there's also just the transportation costs. I mean, you're a lot closer to a whole lot of consumers in the West Coast with that plant. So now it's right. more cost effective to ship from Colorado than it is to keep that plant open. That's, that's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And 5 million barrels is a lot of barrels. So uh, That's a lot of beer. Yeah, they have a, <laughs> clearly have a lot of excess capacity if they can afford to do that. Yeah. All right. That's, that's all the news that's fit to pod. <laughs> probably, probably not but anyway it's all the news we f- we potted so there you go all right let's turn to more exciting stuff yeah uh one cool thing uh that is happening amid all this closure is uh new brewery projects continue to come online and you uh highlighted a dozen of these things in uh a, an article you wrote uh was that kind of like a group you did was that a group it's source um, thing? It's mostly me and as well as Aaron Broussat, who's our content editor. I did probably like 75% of it and he did, uh, he did, I think three of the breweries there. Okay. Uh, so I don't know if you want to talk about all of them, some of them or whatever, but I thought they, they're, there's some really interesting projects here and, uh, I, I actually know a little bit about a couple of them. Yeah. We've, uh, we've talked to, I just want to sort of set this up a little bit. We've talked a bunch recently about some of the things, uh, some of the breweries that have closed, the old, old timers, the the sort of consolidation and sale of, of Laurelwood, the closure of Lompoc, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, closure of the Widmer Brew Gast House. And the sale and to the ABI. And the sale to ABI. Yeah. What else? What am I missing? Uh, coalition. Co- Burnside. Coalition. Burnside. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, even um, even the, uh, the uh, uh, chain brew pub downtown. 
rock bottom. Rock, rock bottom. bottom. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So there's been a lot of lot of sort of uh, 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 departures from the market, but um, uh, we talk about those because they make headlines. Uh, less, mm-hmm. uh, fewer headlines are made by these mm-hmm. in, these openings. So it's nice to have you around to sort of alert us to all these new comings. Yeah, I think. Um Unfortunately, uh, this is where like the media is being misleading, you know, because they make a big story or a whole segment about every brewery that closes, you know, and occasionally they do cover like some openings. But, you know, if you if you weren't really closely paying attention, you yeah. would think, you know, every there was an apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what people have thought. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know what the numbers are in Portland, but I'm certain that there were more breweries at the end of 2019 than there were at the end of 2018, you know, even though there was all these closures and that's what we talked about. I would think so. I mean, especially if you, I don't know if you would count, um, like satellite, um, tap rooms and stuff like that too, which right. if you count that, I mean, for sure. I mean, yeah, that's a very big story that yeah. even Patrick and I haven't done. Uh, mm-hmm. we haven't talked about like Oakshire's new place and, mm-hmm. uh, that's the only one that's coming to mind, but there was, there's, <laughs> there, you, I'm sure you know them all. There've been a number of them. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be mentioning it in um in an article and interview with uh the Kex founders that should be out probably tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. So that's one of the new projects. Do you want to do you want to start with What do you want to start with? That one actually is kind of open now, but kind of yeah. they don't really that's have open. Yeah, I guess they have their own beer out. I was there on Friday. Oh, they, yeah, they've had Oh, I had their beer over a year ago in Portland. So yeah. th- this is an interesting phenomenon. One of your breweries is uh, McKellar, which is going to uh, start brewing at the Burnside location. Mm-hmm. And so McKellar and Kex uh, are these two breweries that are international brands that have come and are now brewing in Portland. So that that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. While, while local breweries are, are having a harder time, there's more breweries coming in from out of state. And I think, I think they're being smarter about having some actual like brick and mortar or more investment here than rather than just distributing here because for most breweries that hasn't um, worked out so well. Right. So Mikeller is from Copenhagen? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Kex is? Kex is from Reykjavik, Iceland. Oh, yes. Are they the ones that are doing sort of the hotel kind of? Yeah. Uh, okay. It's basically like upscale hostel. Right. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? I don't know about, I only know about the brewing side. I haven't yeah. followed the hotel side at Yeah. All. Well, they started off as a hostel. I mean, that's really what the operation is. Like, it's almost like the beer, the beer is like a side project mm-hmm. for them, but they are like an upscale hostel with restaurant and bar. That's what they have in Iceland. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been to the Iceland one, but I believe the one they built here is, is even nicer and fancier because they've partnered with a chef stable um, group. Yeah, and you you know a little bit about that group. Uh, Absolutely, I work with them. Um, yeah, so w- what is they obviously are local folks who think that these international breweries have will have some appeal to Portland. Do you have any insight into why that is? Um, I think they think. Yeah, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I think that's kind of it's kind of sexy, you <laughs> know, um, getting some of the that out of town um, international flavor, you know, and and, and um, I mean I don't know exactly what the the financial business setup is, but I get the feeling it's, it's almost, it's almost like a franchise type of thing. Right. You know? Um, so I don't know how many other, um, like American breweries would be interested in that, you know? Right. Yeah. And we saw the Fatheads experiment, which was a franchise experiment, Mm -hmm. but basically the, the, the presence of this brewery from, uh, Ohio, Pittsburgh, uh, area and mm-hmm. and that didn't actually appeal so well to Portlanders. Um, so that's interesting to see if the international uh, approach has any more appeal. Yeah, 
I mean, just a theory that I have is this: Portland is so much more diverse and less from people from all over the country and world that I think they're more um, interested and willing to try other other brands. Um, you know that that they, they don't necessarily you know feel like they're um, is uh, is all about the the local guys you know they're like oh yeah i remember modern times when i lived in california or whatever you know yeah and and that's another example which is doing very well it's modern times so yes they're killing it and they're kind of like doing it in a really interesting way because they don't really um they don't really do much much marketing other than their own channels you know Mm -hmm. they don't really they don't really they're not sending like press releases they're not doing media previews they're not buying any advertising you know yeah which is a pretty Portland approach, actually. Yeah. I mean, usually I think that's important for a brewery that wants to become, like, a big hit. But, you know, I guess they already had it before they even came here. So they've right. kind of capitalized on that and just kept it going internally. And I wonder if by being an, you know, a California brewery, yeah. you might worry about a little blowback, sort of. So you just kind of keep a low profile and do your thing. And I also Let wonder, the beer though, speak for itself, right? the flip side of that is there's so many Californians here, so mm-hmm. uh, it's a little bit of a soft landing in yeah. that way. So yeah, blowback mm-hmm. and uh, for, yeah, it's both occupied territory. And uh, I um, also wonder in terms of the consumers in, in, in Portland and Oregon, that's a pretty mature market. It's, uh, uh, you know, I think when it starts up, you really want to kind of support the local guy. Uh, so you really sort of, uh, I want to sort of buy local maybe, but then after a while the, the market's so vibrant, everyone seems to be doing well, then you're not so concerned that you're spending a night at McKellar instead of, mm-hmm. instead of a local, uh, brewery, you know? Yeah. That's an interesting thing. We're thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like the buy local thing has, has, has died down. I mean, I feel yeah. like that was just really big a few years ago and, um, and, but also possibly having that location here and being invested here kind of makes them feel local and in a way they kind of are. Yeah, yeah they yeah. are. I mean, I feel like if you have a brewery on site, then you become local. doesn't mm-hmm. matter uh, where the mm-hmm. parent company is located. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I think that wins a lot of, a lot of points where you're, you know, you're actually gonna, you're actually gonna employ a, a brewer here and put a brewery and that's the real investment in, you know, the community here. Yeah, and you have a you all, breweries always have dialogues with their customers, and so mm-hmm. they begin to craft beers that appeal to those customers. And we have a different kind of approach. Uh, our customers like different things than they do in Southern California. So I yeah. assume that you know this one will evolve slightly differently than it will. Yeah, I mean, when there. you have a brewer here too, like literally the guy making the beer, he is living here. He's going to be affected by you know our culture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's hanging out with other brewers and yeah. talking to them, and yeah, yeah, like um, the brewer at um, at Modern Times is a great example. Like he's just he's always ever at like Wayfinder and right. hanging out with those those guys and you know he's very like ingrained he's ingrained in like with the brewer community you know yeah so uh, modern times a couple of years ago and then we have Kex and uh, McKellar who were this past year openings up but what about local local breweries uh, I I see mm-hmm. this list you've written uh, Jeff yeah so this comes straight from the the uh, article uh, and. One thing that I'm interested in is Ben Dobler. Ben Dobler, mm-hmm. Dobler or Dobler? A Dobler, I believe. Yeah, yeah that's what I think, too. Sorry, Ben, if we're mispronouncing your name. Uh, <laughs> I've always said Ben Dobler, so he's <laughs> I, correcting me. I have, too, but... Uh, <laughs> Although I don't know how many times I've said Dobler to him. <laughs> 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 I know, it's exactly the thing. We're, we're a first-name town, so, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. So he's got... So he, he was a, a brewer at uh, Widmer for 
I don't know, almost a couple of decades probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think definitely over a decade. Yeah. Uh, so talk about his project. Uh, I mean, that one's really exciting. I mean, until recently that was like possibly the only like major, really only Portland brewery, you know, coming along. But Ben Dobler is just, like you said, he's a, he's a veteran. He, he was kind of uh, the face of the brewing side of Widmere for a, qu- a while in all the commercials. He developed a lot of the the recipes and, and hits for them and he's just a really smart guy and a really nice guy he's extremely well liked um you know he's partnering with these two brothers hmm. um that come from uh from the the shoe industry I don't want to say I, can, <laughs> I think they're trying to keep it kind of secretive of what where they're coming from okay right. <laughs> um but they have but they're 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 in, they're into beer they're beer guys but they know a lot about branding and lifestyle and stuff like that. And then Ben's, you know, really concentrating on both what he knows best, but he's like, I, I just had beer with him like a week ago. And oh, cool. he's, he was talking about how he's really trying to like catch up on all the, all the new trends and, and decide, you know, what, what he wants to take away from that. You know, he's, I know he's really into sessional beers mm-hmm. um, and lagers, but you know, he's really looking into like playing more with yeast instead of having like one house yeast strain, having a bunch of different kinds of yeast. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's looking a little bit at like some of the hazy stuff, but he wants to have like a really broad range of approachable beers. I don't think you're going to see a lot of like uh, extreme or, or extreme flavors and strong stuff. And he's and the other part is they've basically given him like full control of not only the the beer but like the whole place. He's going to be a brew pub restaurant, so he's running that whole show. I mean, so so the name of the the name of the enterprise is Hammer and Stitch. Hammer and Stitch. Yeah. Hammer and Stitch. Uh, and uh, where is it going to be located? It's over by um, Montgomery Park um, in mm-hmm. um, northwest Portland. Right. Uh-huh. It's going to be, it'll be a nice um, addition for a real, you can put together a real pub crawl there with like Great Notion, Sasquatch, Breakside Slab Town, Lucky Lab. Yep. Yeah. Hammer and Stitch now. Cool. Nice. Yeah, that is good. Uh, it's too bad Portland closed. That would have been a way to loop in the old timers. Uh, <laughs> if they ever time. get some, I mean, I, I feel like there there's a possibility, you know, if, if that area keeps developing, that they're gonna they're gonna suddenly have the 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 people to yeah. reopen it. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's growing faster. Yeah. Right, so. All right. What else we got? What else? What else are you excited about? Well, I mean, in Portland, another one is is Gorge's Beer Company. Um, oh, right. Yeah, which one I, I'm really excited about. I tried to get yeah. beer from them, but um, the place, uh, which is kind of across from Coalition, the Ankeny Tap, mm-hmm. uh, this is the company that bought Coalition. Oh, okay. Um, and they, uh, the the place across the street, carries them. And I was going to get a growler, but they had a, a function last night, and I couldn't get in there, and they weren't open today. So until yeah. I mean. They'll they'll open later, but not by not by airtime. So I can we, talk about. It. I've had yeah. both of their beers so far, though. Cool. Yeah. So they've done a collaboration with Upright and Collaboration Upright collaboration with Lucky Lab. Um, they have. Um, they might have already brewed another one. I know they have one Ecliptic Breakside. Um, few more. I'm blanking on right now. But um, head brewer Brian Kielty from the recently departed Lompoc Brewing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Brian is one of these workhorse guys who's just been in the industry devotes his whole life to it barely takes a day off you know he was there at Lompoc like mopping the floors at night if they weren't clean enough <laughs> you know he's been, really just been like biding his time because he could have left I think many times to mm-hmm. go somewhere else but he's really just been biding his time on this project I mean Brian's a personal friend of mine so we've hung out for many years so I know he's been like 
working on this for a long time, but he's had various versions of it that's fallen through before uh-huh. he found these partners. He had some other partners and everything. So do you know, uh, are they going to keep that brewery and the site at Coalition or what? Yes, they are. So that'll be that'll continue to be a brewery there. Yes, I'll continue to be a brewery, and it's very small tap room. I, I stopped in there last weekend, actually, and yeah, it's it's really small. But, but they, they they do have that new outdoor seating thing, so which, yeah, which uh, will help like seven eight months out of the year, you can sit out there probably. Yeah, they were talking about um, possibly changing changing it, making it more a little bit more permanent. Right now, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's built out, but it has that kind of like thick clear tarp on the side, right? And they were talking about possibly pulling that out and putting in some kind of real maybe i don't know glass or something like that Mm. um possibly to make it more more year round um but that's where all the seating is i mean i i I think you could make you couldn't fit 10 people in the interior (laughs) right (laughs) yeah it's even even getting anyone in there is is, uh, (laughs) is, is surprising it is a tiny space even to have just a brewery so yeah Yeah. and Um, and this is this is gorgeous yeah, yeah, but, and so but uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I was going to say I should we should add though that that like the the big part of that project is in Cascade Locks. Okay, yeah, that was my question. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> they consider themselves a Cascade Locks brewery, although I mean they haven't even started um, construction on that, but they have uh, 1.9 acres in Cascade Locks. It's really centrally located on that um, main road. Right. Um, it's kind of on the, it's on the side of the hill, so you'll have a view of the gorge. Nice. Um, you really can't miss it if you're driving out to Hood River or even crossing over to uh, Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And it's going to have um, kind of a small hotel, uh, outdoor event, um, concert venue, restaurant, a big barrel room, and out there is where Brian really plans to like cut loose on some of the stuff he's really interested. He's been a longtime advocate, fan of like wine hybrid beers with wine grapes and um, lots of different kinds of barrels and wine barrels. He's a real he's a real wine guy. He's actually a huge wine fan, so he's hmm. taking a lot of influence from that. Yeah. So I can't wait till that whole thing um, takes off. And plus, and he's also a trained uh, chef, so you're going to see a lot of food and like cocktail um inspire beer so that that's what i'm really excited about yeah and cascade locks is just gorgeous it's just mm-hmm. such an amazing setting right there at the bridge of the gods and am i remembering that there's another cascade locks mm-hmm. brewery on this list Should mm-hmm. we? on the list oh yeah thunder island brewing um, oh yeah that's right which has oh. been around for a while yeah but I kind of snuck them on there last <laughs> minute because I literally just didn't even think of that until like the day before this article was to be published because yeah, they're around, but they are closing yeah. where they are now and moving to a brand new site in Cascade Locks and mm-hmm. it's a brand new construction uh-huh. built from the ground up um, and it's it's well underway right now um, and it's have a larger brewery and a full restaurant. Um, so things are going to be changing big time for them. Um, so that's uh, the gorgeous guys point out to me actually how Cascade Locks is probably going to become like an actual destination. You know, maybe I mean, yeah. eventually on the level of Hood River, possibly with uh, with Freem as well. Exactly, because there's yeah. a big Freem project there yeah. as well. Yeah. And speaking of Freem, <laughs> before we go any further, we'd like to thank Freem Family Brewers for sponsoring <laughs> the Beer Vana podcast. Freem has a new slate of beers coming out this winter, including Citrus Zest IPA made with Tangelo and Grapefruit Zest to highlight the citrusy character of Northwest hops. And Vienna Lager, made with European hops and malt. And Nectarine Golden Ale, aged on flavor-top nectarines in Sauvignon Blanc barrels, and Lemon Zest Farmhouse Ale, 
a Belgium meets America take on a classic saison. Yeah, so Freem is building a facility out in Cascade Locks as well. Cascade Locks isn't as big as Hood River, but really, what a beautiful site and kind yeah. of underdeveloped, really, I think. And yeah. closer to Portland. Way yeah, closer yeah, to Portland. 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 It's also, it's interesting, it's it's one of the wetter spots along the gorge, too. So mm-hmm. it's uh, um, it's really, tro- it's kind of... Uh, uh, not tropical, uh, temperate rainforest. Down there. <laughs> Thank you. It, it's Great. almost it's almost got a coastal kind of climate, so uh, that's that's sort of groovy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a uh, it's it's elevated there, so I assume this new uh, Thunder Island place is going to have some elevation, so you'll have some sweeping views, which is cool. Yeah, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's like spitting distance from where Gorgeous is going to be is the new Thunder Island. Yeah, interesting. So they're going to be right there. Um, I'm heading out there in a few weeks. I don't know if you, if you guys are. There's a frame thing in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I'm planning to stop in and, and tour both of those uh, construction areas in uh, Cascade Locks. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it kind of works out well. Freem has the same thing going on in Hood River where, um, and I'm going to blank on the name of the other brewery right down the street. Ferment. Ferment. Thank you. Uh, I was about to say fermentation project. No, that's <laughs> crux. Uh, uh, I think that kind of... Um, uh, proximity actually often helps. It creates a destination for people to come, and mm-hmm. you know you can sample a couple of different places and beers. All right, should we drink a beer? Ah, yeah, you have a glass in your hand. Yeah, well, good thinking. Uh, so we have two kind of different directions here. Which one should All we right, go? So with? why don't we uh, try this uh, uh, beer from a from an, uh, a long in the tooth brewery? Switching <laughs> topics, but a new beer and a new project, which is the Wowza from Deschutes. Right. So this this relates to the kind of uh, thing that we were talking about, the uh, low carb, low cal, low alcohol. Oh, Edwina. Wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. That's can, by the way. <laughs> in case you were wondering, in case you've never encountered beer before and had no idea what that was. It sounds refreshing. Yeah. So this is, okay, so I'll describe it. Well, I'll read the description. This is a low-cal hazy pale ale. It's got 100 calories. It is hazy. It is hazy. Very light uh, colored. It's 4.0% uh, alcohol by volume and four carbs, four grams of carbs in a 12-ounce can. It has a very kind of classic citrusy aroma with a little bit of tropicality, but a lot of citrusiness. Mm-hmm. Let's see what it says. It's a full-flavored yet crushable citry hazy pale ale that make you say wowza. Other than that, they don't say much. So I don't know what hops are in there. But it has a chicory root, which I assume is a thickener. Uh, sweet. It's a sweetener. Oh, a sweetener. Okay. Actually. So uh, who keeping. wants to go? Here you go. So the um, we were talking about this in terms of seltzers. So what I was going to say is that I'm seeing more and more craft beer get it pushed into the light beer space. Uh, I saw an ad. I was watching some kind of sport event uh, I'm not sure what it was but St. Archer is pushing there uh, who owns St. Archer um, I think it's Miller Coors yeah Miller I think Coors. it is too yeah so they're making a big push with their St. Archer whatever light mm-hmm. something uh, the... gold I actually just saw a commercial at the gym today uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe that's right <laughs> some I definitely did not see it there mm. so this, I, I this... think this is a fine beer um, you said that you could taste something funky well uh, yeah, although I, I, I want to go back. So they sent me like a few cans of it, and the first one I opened, I thought I I thought it was it was fine, and then the second one though, I, it was I don't know if it, yeah I wanted I want to go back and give another shot, but the second one I was like, I swear I was getting some diacetyl as it as it warmed up. There is something there that's kind of akin to diacetyl, which I don't think is diacetyl. It's kind of a 
I'm not getting it right now. There's a there's a <clears throat> there is a, an interesting kind of character which might be the chicory, which is kind of a mm-hmm. um fullness and kind of kind of buttery. So not here's the thing with me. I was trying to figure out you know because I I kind of my my first I mean I know it's a small beer, but my thought is kind of hollow. And I think what it is 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 my eyes are playing tricks on my brain. Mm-hmm. Like it's a hazy, so I expect something different. Definitely different mouthfeel. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's a very effervescent and, and kind of, you know, that in that, I mean, it tracks closer to a seltzer than it does to a hazy IPA. Yeah. It's got I mean, a if, real, it was, if it was like perfectly clear, I think I would, that would make more sense to my little brain <laughs> and all the sensory perceptions that I'm getting. Yeah. So um, there you go. I mean, they're clearly trying to kill many birds with one stone and, uh, It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, their Dash Utes American Pilsner thing they do, which is also, I think, fairly light. Uh, I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic, too. And I, This one's okay. Of course, me. it was a debacle of branding, whereas this seems <laughs> fine to me. <laughs> uh, this does not have a muscle-bound parrot on it. And uh, it's even the... Wa- the it's, so it's it's got a design, which is modern and cool, and that's fine. Uh, it has a hop cone inside the the O, which I think is appropriate. It mm. indicates that's a beer, so. <laughs> uh, this seems, this branding seems fine to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think in the middle of the summer, I would I would be quite happy to be served one of those. Yeah. And they were originally um, released just for uh, Blazers games. Oh, yeah? Um, ah. And that made a lot of sense to me if you could be at a Blazers game and grab one of those and, you know, have a few, you know, you're just yeah. throwing them back at the game, you know? Yeah, except for they're like $27 each probably. So there's <laughs> yeah. that, that's the downside. <laughs> you know. Uh, all right, let's, let's talk about some more breweries. Yeah. What else we got? What else is interesting? Uh, I think Truevale Brewing, which is coming to Sherwood, uh, Oregon, is really interesting because that's another one that I would consider a little bit more of a substantial project because they've mm-hmm. also uh, uh, bought some undeveloped uh, acreage and are, are oh. building out like a whole property there and a full full brand new restaurant and brewery. Wow. Um, so all plenty of space and... Sherwood is one of those tough cities. So for those who don't live in Oregon, it's uh, in the it's an exurban community that is on the edge of wine country. And so uh, there there have been a, a craft brewer too that has tried to open there, and they've had difficulty finding an audience. Uh, so I think it's, Ancestry's there. Is that where they? Uh, they're in Tualatin. Oh, Tualatin. Um, they we there was a fairly well known brewery there that was one of the really strange closures. Um, Oh, what's it? Two, is it two kilts, I think is what oh, it is. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Two yeah, kilts yeah. was in Sherwood, yeah. <clears throat> which had some success. I mean, they won a number of medals um, and you know, I saw a fair bit of their beer. And I believe they were trying to move to, uh, I think, Beaverton. Mm-hmm. And that that fell through. And I think they just kind of threw in the towel. But it's really strange because they didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it just quietly closed and they turned off their phone and like, I mean, wow. can't even get no information, you know? <laughs> sounds like Damn this, it, if you're going to close your brewery, tell us why. It sounds like this Trueville thing is going to be more of a destin, looking for, to create sort of a more of a destination. So people come from all over. Yeah. Then that might be a good call because, you know, you're not super far there from uh, Wolves and People, which is mm-hmm. much more of that kind of destination place. So mm-hmm. maybe that's uh, makes more sense in that, that, that region. Yeah, the owner is uh, Johnny Morgan, who owns a, uh, a couple beer bars and stuff. So he's he's in tune with the community. Um, That's good. Yeah, he's he's been working on this for ye- for for years. Yes. Cool. 
that's good uh mechagrade oh yeah mechagrade yeah. yeah let's talk about mechagrade we actually had uh seth on the podcast a year or two ago can't mm-hmm. remember never remember how long ago and we talked about um craft malting so this mm-hmm. is kind of so for those you can go back and look in the archives um seth uh is is an estate maltster which is kind of a rare thing so he he both uh malts uh uh grain um, in the way of, of many of the the craft malters, but he also grows it there uh, mm-hmm. in Madras, Oregon, and Central Oregon, north of Bend, uh, and he's going to ha- have a, a brewery. It sounds like yeah. I I've n- I haven't been out there. Have you? No, I haven't. I I it's it's high on my list yeah. of things to do. I think I'll make it out by the summer. But but yeah, I was going to clarify. So that's the that's the, the he's going to uh, open a brewery along with his maltings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess, from my understanding, not having been out there, but talking to him, he has a small, um, basically really nice homebrew setup that you might see a nano garage brewer open up with. That's been uh-huh. in operation for a while, where he brews a lot of his own like pilot batches there for you know customers and people to come to visit, and actually has mm-hmm. a already has a nice like tap room built in there. But he's just finally going to make it official and go commercial with that, primarily for the people um, that come in. But he has, he's hoping as well, and then they have room to expand to a seven barrel. And he's even saying, like, if if there's issues with their location right now, he's even going to look into opening up a opening up in more into um, into town because he's on a farm, you know. Right. Um, but he's going to focus on you know malt four beers naturally, right. but even really low hop beers like Gruitz and Sati and. Um, there's a ton of, of area on his own property and surrounding property to harvest all sorts of cool herbs and spices to use. So yeah. I'm really excited about that project. It was already interesting just as a, as a craft maltster, you know? Yeah, that is very cool. And it, it's interesting because, uh, out in central Oregon, uh, is also Ale Apothecary, mm-hmm. uh, who uses exclusively Mechagrade, I think, right? I, I I'm not sure if they use exclusive but yeah, I think he certainly uses a lot of it. We were there uh, last summer and uh, visited with Paul Arney, and he had sacks of McGrade. I think I think he mainly uses it. He wants to use Oregon uh, malt, so mm. that's they're kind of the big game uh, in town. Yeah, so. I think Wolves and People is trying to move that way as well. They have a lot going out there. Yeah, that's really cool. It's uh uh a nice little element of terroir coming in. We we actually last last episode or two episodes ago we talked about what makes a good beer city and i i argued that um having local malt houses was important and patrick mm. said well that's unfair because most places <laughs> don't, don't have the opportunity to have them but you have things like uh seth starting new ones and we lost our first you don't know about this but our first uh producer will Romy, mm. is now at valley malt in massachusetts which is another mm. one of these uh craft malters that open right. so you're starting to see these things which i think are evidence of, of uh, good culture and so yeah cool yeah excellent uh, I want to know just because this it's a great name, Kings and Daughters. Yeah, let's talk mm-hmm. about that one. I, I know the brewer there, and I'm interested in that as well. Yeah, Kyle Kyle Larson and his wife uh, Casey, I believe it is, um, are starting it. Um, w- Jeff and I probably both know him from his days at Double Mountain, where he kind of worked his way up the the ladder there mm-hmm. from their earliest days, and it's a really nice guy, really good brewer, um, kind of. Uh, went across the pond and has been brewing in uh england for oh. for a while now oh interesting um, yeah it's cool he was there maybe a couple of years 
I Something think he like said that. he was in England three, brewing there three years, and then there maybe I think he's also didn't just did some traveling and jumping around after that with maybe, the whole family. Maybe he's developed a love of English ales. Yeah, uh. I wonder if he also loves the poverty come that comes with trying to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the honor, though. Yeah, that's right. Is this going to be a Hood River based brewery? Uh it's it's not it's kind of undetermined okay. yet. So there's definitely a lot of stuff that are still not quite uh, up in the air a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he is looking for a a spot to put in his own um, brewery and right. tap room. Yeah. But in the meantime, he's working on having those beers brewed elsewhere. Okay. Um, he's close to signing an alternating proprietorship. Ah. I don't know for sure where i i have two really good uh, educated guesses on that <laughs> um, so th- this is how ezra works he uh he starts sussing stuff out and then eventually uh he's the first one to find it out by p- putting the pieces together yeah in building the personal relationships i mean i i actually would uh, kyle actually uh just reached out to me uh, after the um obf brewers dinner kind of like briefly saw him there and then he was like Hey, what's up? Let's get a beer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is a thing that you've done, right? And over the over the past decade, uh, when you started, there were a number of blogs, uh, mm-hmm. and we were all kind of talking about local beer. And a lot of us had relationships with some brewers, but so some of us were breaking some news when we knew somebody. And then you kind of went all in on on being the guy mm-hmm. who knew stuff. And because of that, you created that space, and now none of us try to touch it, which means that if people want to get the news out, mm-hmm. they go to you. And I guess uh, Brew Public still does a lot of that, but there's only a couple of sites left that really do that. You and DJ are the guys. So I'm yeah. not surprised to hear that people are coming to you, especially since uh, Willamette Week and uh, the Oregonian are, you know, have a limited amount of beer coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although they both are, seem like they've really upped it in the last year. They have, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. The Oregonian especially bringing Andre along. Uh, that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Uh, Gratitude and Eugene. Gratitude and Eugene is probably one of the other major ones on this list. They actually already opened um, right before the end of the year. Uh Um, Kind of surprise, surprise, quickly throw open the doors there. But that's a pretty cool one is is, uh, also taking over a former... Uh, brewery Sam Bonds Brewing in Eugene. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That was another one of those closures. Last was it last? I think it was yeah, last year. Yeah, it was last year. That didn't get a ton of attention, but um, I had a friend who who was a friend of the brewery, and so that was kind of a sad thing for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, uh, obviously bigger news in the Willamette Valley um, since Sam Bonds Brewing was uh, was an offshoot of Sam Bonds Garage, which is a really beloved bar and music venue in in Eugene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, originally when Sam Bronze Brewing had debuted, they were selling beer around Portland and, and even coming up and doing um, sales calls. In fact, um, some of the beer mongers guys were were brewing there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It just didn't seem like it got a lot of traction. Um, so these these new these two other guys took it over, and I mean I think they pretty much had it as a turnkey, but they but they. They didn't, you know, they didn't make it that easy on themselves. They changed the the brewery around. Mm. They changed the decor. So they're really putting in a lot of effort. Um, the brewer has been around for a while, um, brewed at Worthy and Three Creeks Brewing. Um, so he's experienced. Uh, I haven't I haven't got down there yet, but my my uh, content editor Aaron Broussat, who wrote up that listing, right? He's um, down there. Yeah, he's been there, and he said they were they were pretty solid, better than usual when you have a brand new startup brewery out of the gate. Yeah. So this is an interesting thing. We're starting to see 
uh, some of the the benefits of the creative destruction where you yeah. have a, a brewery go out of business and then that op, then then you have maybe not a fire sale but certainly the availability of a turnkey operation like that and, mm-hmm. you know yeah and a lot of talent that's been trained right throughout the industry that can can hit the ground running mm-hmm. there's a there's a couple turnkey breweries just sitting there in Portland right now that you know I anticipate at least one of those will be on I wanted to put on this list but it's not <laughs> quite pulled finalized right so like Lompoc uh Lompoc is the one um I can't say too much I know at least two two outfits that are vying for that space uh-huh. so and I so I think we'll probably hear um one of them very soon uh-huh. um but the other one I don't know if anyone's taking it but it's just sitting there which is the Columbia River Brewing mm, right. Laurelwood right and of course that's yeah. just sitting there completely turnkey but I've also talked to a number of brewers that are just, especially they talk about the floor in the brewery is just, like probably needs to be completely replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, but you might see somebody that's um, brand new in the industry is going to take what they what they can get to begin with, you know, um, grab up. Or maybe you'll see somebody put some money into it. I mean, that location has proven successful, so. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeff, you just opened another beer. Well, not just <laughs> right. a couple minutes ago. There's another beer. Yeah, we'll run through the the list of other stuff, but let's talk about this beer, which uh, I will mention is brightly clear, which is uh, no, noteworthy <laughs> given, given the its provenance. Yeah. <laughs> so what what have you brought us here? This is the second beer. Um, this is a new beer from Great Notion um, called Ledge Beer. Um, as alluded to, Great Notion is known, uh, I mean, originally known for Hazy IPA and really bringing that to Oregon, if not um, the Pacific Northwest. But then I'd say as of late, they're like almost more known for like pastry beer and sour beer. At least that's what they focus on. Right. Um, hold on. <clears throat> so I wonder if it's called Ledge because they're out on a ledge making a Pilsner. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was, that's a, that's a good theory because I was wondering <laughs> that myself. It's, uh, uh, I think... Uh, you know, a lot of breweries now make pilsners, and it just—I think it makes solid sense when you—you—you you, know—you have people coming into your tap room. They mainly have a tap room model. You want to be able to offer some a beer that everybody will like. So if you have somebody in your party who's not into hazies or pastries, then a pilsner mm-hmm. is a great way to go. I think it's also one of those things that helps you build some credibility. You know, mm-hmm. just like we can, we can do, we can do solid straight ahead styles as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think this is nice. It's got a little toasty malt. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a German pilsner and. Good. Mm. What do you guys think? My immediate takeaway when I first tried it was, it was yeah, the was the malt um, character had almost a little bit more like sturdier, woodier, yeah. um, malt flavor to it. I mean, not malty in the way a lot of people think about malty is in like caramel crystal malts, right. but like you know something a little more. I'm, I don't know what the what the base malt they're using is. I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of the smaller craft maltsters. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think they're also going for fairly traditional which is interesting you know with a lot of breweries now using uh newer school hops you know mm-hmm. this one tastes at least i it tastes in the bartender told me when i picked it up that it was like more german hop variety and it tastes like it you know yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> i mean tasting it to my palate it's just a classic german pilsner not uh not gussied up in any particular way, so yeah. no, you nice, don't know. Yeah. Nice full mouth feel. <laughs> right, no citra hops. Yeah, this is a good. good I mean, malt. a pilsner is a good a good year round offering too. It's yeah, something that people drink throughout the year and yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, interesting to note. I mean, I I know the Green Ocean guys pretty well, and they were also like early on the the brewed IPA train. I mean, I mm-hmm. when I, when I kind of first started covering brewed IPA when it was just kind of trickling in. Um, uh, 
their their brewer, uh, one of the brewers, um, James, told me that was like the beer he wanted to drink for the summer, and they were really excited about brewing it. And I think they did a number of them, but it didn't, you know, obviously, I, especially for them, I think people weren't coming there for that kind of beer. That's just, right. that's just my speculation, but. Yeah. Yeah. I bet they're not. But I, you know, it's funny. The first time I visited the brewery, um, they, they brought me a, uh, a Pilsner that they hadn't done a lot of Pilsners and it was actually like a Citra hot Pilsner and <laughs> said, uh, we know you don't, you're not a giant pastry guy so here's a pilsner <laughs> i actually like pastry stuff it's fine guys but um yeah maybe maybe they're thinking of people like me who yeah. like like uh pilsners so. well we're starting to run a little short on time so maybe we'll just sort of uh i'll go through the the remaining list uh and get quick takes on it so brewery 26 brewery 26 is uh it has been around for a while too they're na- they've been a nano garage mm-hmm. brewery but they apply for this list because they're moving out of the garage, <laughs> nice. um, lease a new building, um, very near uh, Base Camp Brewing and McKellar. Okay. Um, they're uh-huh. going to put in a seven-barrel brewery, have a new tasting room there, and at the same time, they're opening another tap room on Southeast Powell. Wow! Hmm. So they're kind of like going all in from basically being you know tiny um, and pretty obscure, you know. So uh, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool investment. Um, I, I kind of uh, referenced uh, the comments when the comments jumped from uh, Mike Wright's garage to their their first uh, real right. tap room, which was a seven barrel as well. Right. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Uh, the Powell, of course, is Highway 26. So maybe that's where the name comes from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Covered Bridge in Cottage Grove. Covered Bridge. Um, this one Aaron um, covered, so I don't know a ton about it, but... Um, Cottage Grove uh, Brewery probably closed like three or four years ago called Hard Knocks Brewing, uh, which was, you know, fairly obscure, but if you yeah. knew that if you're in the Willamette Valley, maybe. Right. They had some issues and some controversy. I believe they were often um, promoting some some pretty right-wing stuff. And, uh, <laughs> so that's just uh, south of Portland, uh, for those who are not yeah. familiar with the uh, topography. And so, yeah, you're, you're starting to get out of Blue Oregon and into Red Oregon down there. A little, yeah. bit, a little bit, a little bit. Maybe not enough. There's maybe. still <laughs> like the Eugene is definitely. Exactly. It's I right feel by like Eugene, it's like, so. it's like those two sides are really butting up each other in like the, you know, college town. Right. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Anyway, that one, that one went out. But the, the one of the, the brewers from there who is, is going to be partnering with another guy on, on this brewery. And it's a seven barrel brewery. And it looks pretty cool from what I've seen in the reports from Aaron. Um, yeah, Cottage Grove has now been kind of vacant for 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 beer for a while now. Okay, uh, Three Legged Crane. Three Legged Crane. Some might know it as uh, Brewers Union uh, 180, which was uh, recently sold yeah. to John Crane of hey, Planktown Brewing. Okay, yeah. friend friend of the pod, friend of my blog. Uh, mm. Yeah, Ted Sobel, yeah, great guy. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so but this, the, the, this, this is an Oak Ridge. Th- this was kind of a. A genteel transition, right? This Absolutely. is a thing that Ted and and the new guy was his name, uh, John Crane. John Crane. So they're uh, they kind of worked this. <coughs> so yeah, he found he found someone to take care of the, the place and and try to keep it spirit alive. That's great. Yeah, I mean, since since you're friends with Ted, you might know more. But I've definitely heard for years like rumors that he was either trying to sell or even uh, open up a Portland tap room. I know uh, Carl Singmaster from Belmont Station that talked to him about this sort of stuff. I heard rumors he was going to go back to his beloved England and brew there, too. I heard that, yes, as well. (laughs) But um, I believe he was friends with uh, John Crane, um, who who was was the head brewer at uh, Planktown Brewing, which is in Springfield, Oregon. 
Planktown is also known. I mean, they do a variety of different kinds of beer, but they're known for always having some traditional cast beer on tap too, which is what, you know, Brewers Union is known for. Right. Um, so it's a very soft transition to, um, I think they, John Crane took it over, I think another, at least a couple month or two ago. And they were, they didn't, you know, immediately change it over. They're very softly kind of like changing the name, you know, and they're, they don't want to like scare away any of the current customers. Cause I think they're, they're going to keep that tradition alive, but also start adding some non cask beer. Right. Okay. Excellent. And then the last one on the list is homegrown in Florence. Homegrown is a really interesting, um, setup. It's like a little kind of looks pretty, pretty hippie restaurant bar in Florence, very small spot, but very definitely looks like a place you'd see on, on, on the, on a small coastal town. Uh Um, it's, it's the owners are really, um, they're, they're really active in the community. It's a great locals hangout. Um, and they basically had just had a one barrel brewery wow. back there, uh-huh. you know. Um, <laughs> and they they just debuted their beers, I think, on like Friday. It was their huh. was their launch. All right, nice. yeah, yeah. So, so one of the themes I think of this list is that uh, there's a little bit of Portland activity, but a lot of activity going on in and around the state, sort of filling mm-hmm. out sort mm-hmm. of the the beer deserts, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The tiny pockets left that don't have their own brewery, which are getting fewer and fewer. Yeah. So yeah, excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Ezra. We may have to have you back on the podcast as uh, Portland and Oregon beer news uh, breaks, and we need some yeah somebody who knows what's going on to come in and talk. So that would be cool. You going to do one on the Oregon Beer Awards, or no? You know, we haven't done anything on the Oregon Beer Awards, and that would actually be an interesting thing. I, I judge it uh, mm-hmm. uh, most years, and we'll be judging this year, and. Um, Maybe, yeah, maybe we could have some of the winners come and that would be interesting. We could talk about the, the competition and how it differs from other competitions because I think it's- And I how, think it's and how the lousy best. the judging is, yeah. Well, <laughs> for, fortunately, they're mostly inoculated from bozos like me. So they, it's mostly brewers, which is why it's just a great competition. All right. Well, I'm going to consider that the mailbag contribution for this week. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Since we're out of time. All right. Well, thanks, Ezra, for stopping by. Um, a few words going out. Once again, we want to extend a hearty thank you to Freem Family Brewers for sponsoring this episode of the Beervana podcast. You can find them in Hood River, Oregon and at freembeer.com. That's P-F-R-I-E-M-B-E-E-R.com. Please, please subscribe to us on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to rate us five stars please <laughs> this helps other listeners find the show we'd love to hear from you so please send your questions or comments to jeff at beervana blog or on twitter at beervana blog jeff blogs at the beervana blog and he tweets at beervana and patrick tweets at beeronomics all right well uh we only have two glasses so you guys right. can cheers and i'll take a can okay <laughs> i'll give you the pills here i'll take the wowza and uh all right cheers guys all right cheers all right. So, Thanks, guys. To, to new oregon beer and breweries, yes, and breweries. <laughs> all right